This is 2021. This is the Betfred Super League. Be ready. Hello there, it's International Week on Eddie and Steve over the podcast, sponsored by Betfred. England's wheelchair internationals, the women and the men are all in action this coming weekend as the build-up begins to this year's World Cup. It's been a long time coming, so let's get chatting straight away to Steve-O, who's waiting as usual in Australia. Steve-O, a long time coming is the understatement of the century as far as England head coach Sean Wayne's concerned. His first game in 18 months since he took charge and it's against the international All-Stars. He's only got one more game against Fiji planned before the tournament in October. He's got to get it right first time, hasn't he? I think he's got it right as well, Eddie, mainly due to the fact that they've arranged this All-Stars game. Uh, he was being desperate to get the team together, make the selection and get on the field of play. That's the only way that he can, he can improve them, knit them, get them all set up for it. Because I think he has quite a lot of good talent because we'll need it against the Australians. The Australians are very, very powerful. They are struggling, would you believe, to fill nearly every single spot, not because they don't have anybody. They have about three or four different candidates for each position. Well, that's the major difference, isn't it? And this, this first match for Sean Wayne on Friday at Warrington, it should be, fingers crossed, a great test for the players and the coaches. Now is the time for him to try and put his plans in place. And it won't be easy because uh, a good old friend of mine, Tim Sheens, I played with him at Penrith when he was only a youngster. And what a great coach he's turned out to be. And, and I am so pleased that they have brought someone of that caliber to do and coach the All-Stars. And soon as I knew that they had picked Jake Connor, I thought to myself, he's given this young lad an opportunity to prove Shane one that... He's got it wrong. He should be in the squad. 80 minutes. Can he change it around? It's not going to be easy for Connor because he's playing against a good set of, of, of players. But I think as soon, as soon as I read that, I thought, Tim Sheens, you're a marvel. <laughs> well, it's, it could be a masterstroke. He's got Jake Connor probably playing at fullback. He's got, got Jermaine McGilvery in the side as well another England stroke Great Britain international. And he's got Jackson Hastings, who will co-captain the All-Stars. Now, is this going to be a trial match, Steve-O, rather than a full-blooded test match? It's got to be a trial. You can't, you can't say anything else about it. But it's going to be full-blooded. Tim Sheens will want to win. 
he doesn't want to have on, on his scorecard that he lost against this England side. I've known him for so long. He has just got one thing on his mind. W-I-N. Win. They will give it to them. And that's what England need. We don't want a cosy, oh, how are you going, and tap on the backside or whatever. We want a full-blown test. Get into it. They will. Um, there are one or two eyebrows being raised up here that there is a full round of Super League matches being played either side of the international. There's a game or three on Thursday. There's matches on Friday, the same night as the international. And there is now a game on Sunday because uh, one of the matches has been pushed forward. Um, the Super League clubs, to be fair to them, Steve-O, have released the players. But I just wonder whether the Super League realise what's at stake here. It's going to be difficult, Eddie, and it always was going to be difficult in regard to how can you fit it in. Uh, because the players, obviously the clubs don't want the players to get injured, etc. and so forth. And that's another point. If you go into that game half-hearted, you'll guarantee you'll come away with an injury. You've got to give it 100%. You've just got to get that momentum that you've got through the league. And it's got to go out there and give it everything they've got, all those players. But it, it's it's difficult, as I say, because the Rugby Football League, they've brought in this percentage situation, Super League, in regards to the fact that when it comes to the playoffs, it's not a matter of how many how many you've won, lost, etc. and so forth, or points on the table. It's your percentage. So they want their stars back as quickly as possible. And will they double up? Who knows? Well, uh, Salford and Leeds has been pushed forward to um, the Sunday now. Uh, we've lost a game because of the, the COVID as well. Um, Hulkingston Rovers match uh, is off. Um, these are difficult times, aren't they? they? No one can get away from the fact that they are difficult times. This would not have happened in a normal season. That matches would have been either side of this game and matches are also being planned either side of the Challenge Cup. These internationals and Challenge Cup finals, normally, sacrosanct. You don't play. You don't play in that week. Well, <laughs> I wish it was true, Eddie, but you've got to look at the NRL down here. Uh, they have the state of origin, and they still play the full fixtures. Simple. Okay, the players have the opportunity to double up after the state of origin. Uh, a few of the players have been requested to just not play this weekend because of the, the big game coming up, the State of Origin on Sunday. But in Australia, they just get on with it. Simple as that. Yes, Eddie, it is difficult because the pandemic is, is a real problem. I suppose in normal circumstances, uh, the RFL and the Super League, they would have said, right, this international or this trial, if you want to call it against the All-Stars, we want a big crowd. The trouble is we can't have a big crowd. So in regards to finances, that is a problem too. Because if they wanted to give it a full weekend where none of the clubs play, that would have been great if we could have got 20, 25, 30,000 in to watch that game. We can't do that. So it's obvious that the Super League clubs have said, no, we want to fulfill our fixtures. And I think they've got it right. 
George Williams. We have mentioned this young man for <laughs> five weeks on a row. Now, he was expected to play for England, but they have decided, Sean Wynn's decided, he's not played for a month. He's not going to play on Friday. He is here in the UK, though, Steve-O, and his contract has been cancelled at Canberra, as we know. That means his visa now is null and void. In other words, he can't go back to Australia without having to reapply for a visa. That's why he's allowed to get on the plane and you're not at the moment for the World Cup. So you need a contract well, that needs cancelling, son. Well, <laughs> I'll put it this way. I shall discuss it with my family. I'm not so sure that they, they'll say, yes, go, because I can't come back to Australia. <laughs> Simple as that. Who knows? Look, I've got toes, I've got fingers crossed that I will be able to make it to the World Cup. I'm looking forward to it. This is probably one of the biggest competitions that we've had in England for a long, long time. Indeed. And the build-up begins, as we say, on Friday. What's your team, Steve-O? Tomkins, by the way, and Davis have driven in separate cars from the south of France to the UK, the Catalan pair, so as they are eligible to play. Apparently, if you come independently into the country, you're allowed in without quarantine. Then they will get on the plane with the Catalan Dragons, who are playing on the Friday night in this country as well. They get on the plane after the match and they'll fly home. So I would think they are shoo-ins. Tompkins at fullback, Davis on one wing. Who else would you play? What are you going to do if you're Sean Wayne? I, I think he, he selected a good squad there, Eddie, and I don't think there's any problems with it at all. I, there was no surprises. Uh, I, I even thought that there would have been a problem with George Williams because, as I say, he hasn't played for five weeks. Um, in this competition, I already stated that to go into any game when you're not fully fit is nothing short of stupid. You've got to make sure that you're 100% because that's when you pick up an injury. And I think I think Sean Wayne has, has done done him a favour by not selecting Williams and make sure that he gets himself fit. You know, we're talking about the squad here, Eddie, and I, I just look at the, I just look at some of these players that didn't get into the the squad. Ryan Hall seems to be scoring tries like you wouldn't believe for Hulkingston Rovers, and I reckon if this continues on. I reckon he'll have to be selected for the World Cup squad. We know his capabilities. All right, didn't score a try whilst he was down in Australia with the, the Roosters. But he's come back to the UK and he's, he's just splitting people apart. He is. He's playing really well. He's the uh, Betfred Super League top try scorer at the moment. Um, I'd have Makinson on the other wing from Davis. I'd probably have Ratchford, Reese Lynn... Or Ash Handley in the centres. I think it's Lomax and Gale, six and seven. Now, the forwards are going to be interesting. Wormsley, you'd think, is a shoe-in. McShane or Clark for hooker. Cooper or Oledsky at prop, the other side from Wormsley. McShane. Sorry, you'd have McShane at, at, at hooker. My word. My okay. word. I know he's, in, he, I know he's past 30. Uh, it probably says 31 on his, uh, on his passport. So, as far as I'm concerned, this, this lad has been playing out of his skin for the last two years. And he should get the nod. He should definitely get the nod. 
Okay, what about second row? You've got Farrell, you've got Curry, you've got Philbin, you've got Westerman, you've got Knowles, you've got Bateman. You know, all those into about three positions just doesn't go. Um, he has an embarrassment of riches in the forwards again, Sean Wayne. Well, I think that squad that you've mentioned, Eddie, has got to be, you know, I, I don't really care because all that in the forwards is good, top quality. I'd go for Bateman because he's got that aggression that you need and I would slot him in at, at loose forward. When it gets down to the crunch, you need someone like that. Wormsley walks in. He's got to be. He's got to be in that prop, prop forward position. Uh, I, I, I just think that, uh, that Sean Wen will try to rotate them and see what can come out of it. He's got a lot of quality there. He has, and, and as I say, an embarrassment of riches in the, in the forwards. The thing is also, of course, none of the NRL players, I mean, who would have expected the NRL clubs to release them for a match like this? There was no chance. But a lot of the NRL players will come back for the World Cup. So what we're saying, I think, here is England, if they get it right, in the World Cup, October, November, they're all fit, they've got a great chance. Yeah, of course they have. It, 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 the simple equation to it is that they've got to play as a team, as a unit. Quite often we've relied on maybe five, six or seven players that are outstanding, that can do that. And the rest are just hard workers. When you look through our squad, I think that we've got talent all the way through. And boy, as I mentioned before, we will need that talent. Because Australia, as I mentioned, they, they could select three, four players in each position. At full back, you could probably have about six players that could play for Australia. So we have to make sure that every single player, 100% fit, don't take any risks, no needles, no let's just get him out onto the field of play because of his name. And also, and we've done it in the past, what have they done in the past? It's what are they doing now that counts? Looking at Friday, if Jake Connor has a blinder, if Jermaine Gilvery has a blinder, and if Jackson Hastings has a blinder, what a conundrum for Sean Wayne moving forward. The first two, conundrum. The last one, no chance. No chance whatsoever. He will not bring in an Australian into the English camp. And I say to that, well done. They made a mistake with the Great Britain team that went over there. Made a huge mistake. Sean Wayne, stick to it. Don't even be swayed. Even if Jackson Hastings has the most amazing game in the world, don't put him in the squad. Simple. But a lot of people over here are saying if he is the best halfback in Super League, he should be playing. If he's that good, he'll be selected for Australia. End of story. Let's look back <laughs> to the uh, to the Super League uh, programme last weekend. What a result for Warrington against St. Helens. They won six points to two. Best game of the year by far. Fantastic defensive display from Warrington. A statement of intent. Is this Warrington's year? I think it might be. Widdop is playing out of his skin. And talking of Widdop, a lot of people don't realise this, that when he was released by the St. George Illawarra Club 
to come and play with Warrington, there was a stipulation in his contract that if he ever came back and played in Australia, he could not play for another NRL club. Now, amazingly, yesterday, the club, St. George Illawarra, made it quite clear they will not stand in his way. So he has got every right now to start negotiating with any NRL club. Now, Canberra Raiders and the New Zealand Warriors have put their hands up and said, we're interested. Watch this space. So from what you're saying, it sounds like George Williams, and this is the, the hot news here, the hot tip. George Williams, we all know he's not going to Wigan because they have done exactly what St. George Illawarra have done with Widdup. They've waived this legal uh, clause in the, the contract. Uh, so Widdup, might, you think, might be going back to Australia and George Williams then is going to Warrington. Is that what you're saying? Of course I am. <laughs> Anybody with a boil on his backside will know that. <laughs> I just wanted to get it on the record. I just wanted to get it on the record. That's all. Hey, listen. Listen, I've been wrong before many, many times. But <laughs> what's the odds on that? One's going and another one's coming. Yeah, well, it could happen. And I think a lot of people <laughs> up here think he is Warrington bound. Talking of Warrington, it's four wins in a row now against St. Helens. Remember the day, Steve, when Warrington couldn't beat them? <laughs> yeah. Uh, how many times did, did we do a broadcast where Warrington were leading and someone like James Roby had just pop up uh, and scored a try with seconds remaining to beat them? This was a, a very bold statement by Warrington. As we said earlier, I think they've got a chance of winning the grand final. Well, it was a certainly significant win for Warrington. It was a pretty significant win for Hull Kingston Rovers at Wigan on Friday. We, we, we said last week, you know, they have this run of seven or eight games coming up, which will be crucial to Rovers and their ambition. What a way to start. An 18-8 win at Wigan. First time I think they've won there in 12 years. Well, it, it, it's made it all open now, hasn't it? I mean, five or six weeks ago, you would say to yourself, it's a two-horse race, but it's not anymore because there's a lot of things that can happen within the space of three, four weeks and changing around. But you've got to give credit to Hulkington Rovers. They are playing very, very well. And as I said earlier, you know, Ryan Hall, if they keep on this continuing playing outstanding rugby league football, then surely Ryan Hall has a chance. Sean Wayne made it quite clear. He repeats it time and time again. If you're in top form, you'll be selected. And that's the only way you can run an international side. But I think you've got to say now that it's bye-bye Lee. I don't think that they can get out of this mess. It doesn't look like it because uh, there was a massive win for Salford, 9-8 at Huddersfield. Chris Atkins' uh, drop goal won it. Uh, massive for Salford. Significant for Lee because Lee now need to win at least three and Salford need to win no more or uh, Lee are gone. So I, I think you're right. It, it's, it's, a, it's a huge blow for Lee. It really is. 
Yeah, and I suppose there's a lot of disappointment at Huddersfield as well, isn't there, in regards to the fact that, you know, they brought in a brand new coach, brought in some good players, and they just are not clicking at the right moment. I know they're only losing by uh, the odd point here, there and everywhere, but I expected a little bit more from them. Did you? Yes, I think we all did. I think we all did. We were all tipping them for top three, four, certainly inside the top six, but it's just not happened for them. Just not happened. Now, talking of which, um, the Sargentson episode. <laughs> what on Mis- earth? Mistaken identity. <laughs> I cannot believe it. Evidently, okay, there was no TV cameras there. But uh, each club, they, they, they televised it. They, they filmed the entire game. And am I correct in suggesting that that they went down to the officials on the sideline and said, "Look, we have we have it on 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 record that you've got the wrong man. Yes. How can that happen?" Well, I'm trying to defend the referee here, I, I, and, and frankly, I don't know how it did happen. But he sent James Greenwood off, who looked like he, you know, he'd been accused of pinching the apples out of the bag, and he was <laughs> completely crestfallen. And then, of course, the disciplinary committee later in the week, they've given Sargentson a three-match ban. So it's obvious it was a, a case of mistaken identity. Barry McDermott, Jim Mills, they all claimed mistaken identity, Steve, when they went up before the beach, didn't they? Well, yeah, and all they did was just look at the uh, the, the abrasions on the knuckles and said guilty, <laughs> simple, simple as that. Or... As in one particular case, or maybe more than a particular case, um, maybe a bit of bruising round the temple. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sargentson's got his come up and he's, he's banned for three matches, and nothing, of course, has been said about James Greenwood. Um, the other massive news last week, since we were last with people. Kevin Sinfield is leaving Rugby League. He's going to the Leicester Tigers as the defensive coach. Kevin Sinfield, OBE, what a loss to our game. I was shocked. And then I thought to myself, he's done so much for Rugby League. He obviously wants another challenge. And I suppose over the years, it's difficult when you retire as a player. What do you do with your life? And I know he wanted to get involved with the coaching situation. And it appeared to me that Kevin Sinfield was being steered uh, through the Leeds club. Kevin Sinfield obviously wants to pass on all that information. Let's face it. He's got a lot. He was a great player. One of the best that we've ever seen, especially in Super League. But I think that we've missed an opportunity to give him a, a position at the Rugby Football League. Remember, he had it for about 18 months, two years. But make him the head of Rugby League development, full stop. All the coaches. Have we got anybody out there that can help all the coaches? And I'm talking about junior development, schools, amateur clubs. We need someone like Kevin Sinfield, to be in charge of uplifting, making sure that the grades are good, etc. and so forth. We've missed a golden opportunity. And having said that, 
Kevin Sinfield, great player. I wish you all the best. I think we all do. And I think also, I think he misses the day-to-day coal face of running a team. And I think he's gone back to his roots. He wants to coach. He coaches his his young son as well in the amateurs. But I'm with you. I'm with you. I think maybe the game has missed a trick here. He could have been. Remember David yeah. Hayes? You know, he, he could have been doing that job. Of course. And and seriously, have we got anyone else that has taken over from the David Wade days? No. No. But missing an opportunity. Kevin Sinfield. It's laughable. You look at all those great players that have left our game and gone to Rugby Union. It's embarrassing. It is. It is. There is a, a few more shillings, of course, across the Great Divide. They have, uh, they've got the money to attract people like Kevin. And you can't blame them from going away from rugby league. They've been doing it on a regular basis. But why have we allowed them to do that? It's as though we don't seem to want to look after our wonderful players. Well, let's have a little bit of good news. 45,000 people will be at Wembley for the Challenge Cup final and uh, the 1895 final as well between uh, the York City Knights and Featherstone Rovers. 45,000 people, Steve-O. How fabulous is that? Yeah, it's great, especially with the, uh, the pandemic situation that we're in. But I do appeal to everybody that goes there, at least wear a mask. The thing is, a week before the Challenge Cup, 60,000 will be watching the Euro Championship final at Wembley and the semi-finals. It's all part of the process we're going through now to get to July the 19th and and get off the lockdown situation we have over here. Um, The Euro semi-finals and final and the Challenge Cup final, they could be the catalyst for us all moving forward and getting out of lockdown. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Eddie. I'm just making one one simple statement. Wear a mask. It's not difficult. Okay, you can pull it down to have a drink, which means you'll be pulling it down a lot if you go to <laughs> Wembley because everybody celebrates there. But just use a little bit of common sense. The Australians, Steve-O, to be fair to them, and the New Zealanders, they've got it absolutely right where you are at the moment. And talking of Australia... It's State of Origin on Sunday. What other news have you got? What other snippets of gossip have you got for us from the Australian scene? This weekend, it's the State of Origin, right? And as you know, up the Blues, New South Wales absolutely crushed the Queenslanders. Now, the coach, Paul Green, has selected a young teenage rookie called Reese Walsh. Now, remember, I mentioned Reese Walsh a couple of weeks ago, Eddie. This kid is going to be a fantastic player. Great fullback. But after only seven games at top-class rugby league, he's been selected for the Queensland side. Now, the Warriors coach, Nathan Brown, is far from happy. He said that it could set back this young kid's career for a long, long time. Is it worth the gamble? He's talented, yes. But seven games in the top grade? Boy, that's a big ask. I hope that he just blows New South Wales away. 
but I just can't see it, Eddie. Is it desperation? We'll all have to wait and see. Well, it probably is on Paul Green's part because it, it, it can't get any worse. Uh, I, I suppose for a young man like that, this is sink or swim time. And, and Nathan Brown is probably concerned for his future as far as his club is concerned. But if the lad plays a blinder in the State of Origin 2 on Sunday, I mean, he'll be made for life. Oh, of course he will. I mean, look, <laughs> all the other clubs have, have been eyeing up for a long, long time. Now, he was brought through, would you believe, the Brisbane Broncos. Now, the Brisbane Broncos didn't want to select him, said he wasn't ready. So they allowed him to go to the New Zealand squad, into the New Zealand Warriors. And since then, he's been tremendous in all of his seven games. But I just wonder whether it's a little bit, a bit too harsh. I mean... Uh, he was interviewed on, on the TV a couple of days ago, and uh, he's certainly got his mind sorted out. He's not, he's not frightened of, of what is ahead of him. And I'm sure the New South Welshman will be, uh, will be more than pleased to welcome him to his eighth game. <laughs> I'm sure they will. But isn't there, a, isn't there a, a, a statement that has gone round and done the rounds for years? If you are good enough, you're old enough. Without a doubt. It's good enough, old enough, yes. But experience enough? That is a big question. Seven games is not a lot to get yourself into top grade. And let's face it, in Australia, they classify the state of origin games on a level par as a test match or a World Cup final. So it's not going to be easy for the kid. Now, the other thing is, is that Queensland will not have their great hooker, Harry Grant. He's not fit, and they've had to bring in the St. George hooker, Andrew McCulloch, and he'll, he'll take that position. So that's a, that's a real blow to the Queenslanders. And the New South Wales, well, uh, Jake Trevojevic, he's, he's in, injured. He will not be there. But, of course, his brother, Turbo, he'll certainly be there. What a season that guy's having. Tom Trevojevic is just out of this world. Even all the, the all-time greats are saying they've never witnessed anything on a regular basis. He's already been classed as one of the all-time greats in Australian rugby league. In the space of five years, he's made himself surely odds-on to one day become an immortal. Wow, that's not a that's not a bad start, finish, end to a career, is it? Uh, we talk about seven games. Remember, with this with this young kid, teenage rookie Reese Walsh. Um, I was surprised, and I thought, well done, Sean Pekovich, the Rochdale captain. He played his four hundredth game. Boy, that's, that's a good record, especially with the fact that he, he had to serve a two-year ban, remember? I do. So I do. what I did, I knew that the guy I played with at Dewsbury, Jeff Gratian, I know that he played a lot of games in his career. It was a long career. So I got on to the man that knows everything about rugby league. I got on to Ian Proctor, and I said, Ian, uh, could you just let me know how many 
Jeff Gratian played. Well, he's fourth on the appearance list. 776 games. Oh, now, when I read that, I thought to myself, surely that can't be beaten. And Ian said, Jim Sullivan is number one, 928. Gus Risman is number two, 873. And Neil Fox, 828. Boy, Blimey. you talk about you talk about heroes. You talk about legends. There's four that I've just mentioned. Definitely. And Sean Pankovic, well, he's about half the amount of games that those guys have had. But uh, 400 is a, a fantastic milestone. And as you say, two years out of the game as well. Um, just let's finish because we're going to give you the, the week off next week. We're going we're gonna to do a, a feature on the podcast about the mossy Masoy walk. The walk and talk for Mossy. I went, out there, I went out there last week on Friday. I did 9.5 miles. I'll send you the pictures of my blisters <laughs> to prove it. But I made it. I made it, Steve-O. I got there. Um, Barry and Terry were about 100 yards ahead of me. So was Jenna Brooks. I could have been in a ditch. I could have had a heart attack. I could have fallen in the canal. But I got there. I got through. And it was a fantastic thing to, to take uh, part in. There is a ball that has been signed by... Every NRL captain and every Super League captain, thanks to the the army from the uh, Queen's um, Royal Lancaster Regiment, they helped us all the way through in Lancashire. When we got to the top of the Pennines, they've handed it on now. They've handed the baton on to the Yorkshire Regiment. They've done a fantastic job, these people. It's all ending up on the 1st of July, that's next Thursday, at the Hull Derby. And Mossy is going to carry this ball in to the stadium. What a moment that will be. Fantastic. And, and I'd just like to say on, on Moss's behalf, all the people down here in Australia, they have put their hands in their pocket. And well done to everybody in the UK. And it's a great concept. And let's hope that it will bring about a lot of laughter and also quite a few tears. Oh, it will do. There is no question about that. And hopefully thousands and thousands of pounds because that ball is going to be, I believe, the subject of an online auction. And what a keepsake that will be, Steve, over the years to come. You know, even well, you whatever. might dig in. Even you might dig into your pocket <laughs> and bid for this. <laughs> yeah, well, you never know. Sadly, uh, I do not have my uh, museum at the George Hotel. But the good news is that there will be the National Rugby League Museum eventually when it's finished at the home of Rugby League, the George Hotel. They're getting it all well underway, getting everything ready there. And please, as soon as it opens, make sure you get there. We're going to have a proper museum for our wonderful game. And remember, it's the greatest game of all. And wouldn't it be marvellous to have that ball front and centre in the new museum, the Mossy Masoy Foundation Ball with all those... I mean, you, you mentioned the word immortal, but all those fantastic players who have signed it from one side of the world to the other. Wouldn't it be great to have that in there? 
somebody to buy it and donate it back to the game. It would be fabulous. Yeah, it would be fantastic. And and, and let's hope that there's a company out there uh, who is more than likely to do that. And the one thing that I would love to see is remember those wonderful photos that they used to take of the the British Lions tours down in the Sydney Cricket Ground. Yes. The long, the long photos. Wouldn't it be wonderful to have one long photo with every single player, the captains who have signed that ball? That will be worth keeping as well. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. And let's hope also in that museum, when it arrives, there will be a picture of the England team lifting the World Cup in 2021. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Yep. Come on, England. Give it to them. We know that the Aussies are going to start favourite, but we've beaten them before when they were the favourites. So good on you, Eddie. I'm with you. Good lad. And you have a week off next week. I'll do all the work as per usual. And I'll get the, uh, the, the story of uh, the, uh, the Mossy Walk with Barry, Terry and Jenna Brooks and with Mike Rush, the CEO of St. Helens, uh, on the podcast next week. So enjoy your week off. Um, I won't. I won't. I'm painting outside the house. <laughs> a man of your calibre should get someone to do that for you. <laughs> Good to talk to you, Steve-O. And uh, yeah. we'll talk to you again in two weeks' time. Take care, everybody. Take care, everybody.